So back in February, as you will remember, I was invited to take part in the mission week of Napier University Christian Union. And on the Thursday, the students had invited their friends along to an evening where they'd have a good meal. You always want to put a good meal on if you want students to turn up. And then they'd have the chance to ask any questions that they had about faith. And I had been asked to be on the panel. Now, I must admit, I was a little bit nervous about this. I was expecting the questions to be difficult and probably about issues that were quite controversial. And I spent the hours beforehand preparing. I was thinking about how am I going to answer questions about sexuality? How am I going to answer questions about the role of women or the war in Russia or climate change or all these complicated, challenging subjects that I was expecting to come up? But do you know what? Across the course of that evening, there was not one question on any of those themes. Do you want to know what 20-year-old students of Edinburgh are asking about? They are asking about truth. Almost every question that was asked that evening came back to this. How do you know the Bible is really true? How do you know Jesus really lived? How do you know prayer really works? On and on and on the questions went, all a variation on the same. How do you know Christianity is true enough to stake your whole life upon it? You see, young people today are so used to being told lies on social media. People exaggerating their stories or photoshopping their pictures to make everything look wonderful. And this happens so often, they now distrust everything. There's so much fake news out there, so much spin coming out of politicians and the media. They don't trust authority figures at all. And so as they now encounter faith, they naturally doubt it. They suspect it. They want to rigorously question its reliability. And they're not just going to take it as read just because a member of the church tells them that this is true. Now, I'm not being harsh on students. I think in today's world, it's essential that they're trained to think critically. And I also don't think it's an issue just for them. I think our whole world is desperate for truth. With everything around us changing so fast, we all want to know what is the truth that we can really rely upon. And with that being the case, our world then needs prophets. Prophets are people who speak truth. They speak truth into the world. They speak truth into the situations that we find ourselves in. We need people to speak God's truth into politics, local and national. We need people to speak God's truth into issues of science and ethics and the whole new AI debate that's going on. We need people to speak God's truth in our schools and our universities. And that's why we pray for people like Maureen and and, um, Amy. And of course, we need people to speak the truth about Jesus into the community in which we live. 
Our world is desperate for truth and it is desperate for prophets, truth speakers to announce it. And therefore, I think our world really does need Pentecost. Because Pentecost, in many ways, is all about truth. First of all, it was the fulfilment of centuries of prophecy, proving that God speaks the truth. Pentecost itself announced important truths into the world. And finally, Pentecost is the means by which those much needed truth speakers are made. It's by the filling of the Holy Spirit that ordinary people, just like you and I here this evening, are empowered to speak God's truth into the world. Pentecost is about truth. And we're going to think about these things this evening. The first thing that I want to say about Pentecost is that it was prophesied. It was foretold centuries before. God had raised up speakers to declare that it was going to happen. And that means that when it did finally happen, it proved once more that God speaks truth. When God makes a promise, it always happens. Let's think about the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there were lots of people who started to speak about the Holy Spirit. The prophet Joel foretold that God would send his Holy Spirit and it would be poured out on all people. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel all began to speak and say, God's going to do a new thing. Whereas before he might have given his Holy Spirit to one or two people here or there, the day is coming when God is going to give his Spirit to everyone. These were great promises, written, spoken, hundreds of years before the day came to be. Then in the early years of the first century, another man came speaking about the Holy Spirit. His name was John the Baptist. He came prophesying that God was about to send his Messiah. And what would the Messiah do? He would pour out God's Spirit on the people. John foresaw a figure coming who was so anointed by God's spirit, he'd be able to give that spirit to those who followed him. And of course, we know that was Jesus. As Jesus lived his life amongst his friends, he started to make them promises. He promised that after his death and glorification, the Holy Spirit would come, bring counsel and comfort and power to his disciples. And of course, there was that moment where Jesus ascended up into his heaven and he called all his followers to be his witnesses in the world. But before they were to do that, they were to wait because God was going to send his Holy Spirit. So as we arrive in Acts chapter 2, this great sense of anticipation has built up. The Old Testament, John the Baptist, Jesus have all told of a day that is coming after which things will never be the same again. And then it comes. Pentecost. The giving of the Holy Spirit. 
The disciples gathered together praying and suddenly the spirit rushes in with wind and fire and they begin speaking in other languages and praising God. And then they spill out into the streets and tell people about Jesus. What I want us to see is that this wasn't an accident. This wasn't a coincidence. This was a plan that God had had from day one. It was a promise that he'd made over the centuries. And at Pentecost, it all came true. When God speaks, it is true. When God makes a promise, it can be trusted. And maybe as you look at your life today and you're searching for answers and you're trying to work out what truth might be for you. Remember this. With God, no word is ever wasted. God speaks truth. God is truth. Look to him for what you need. Pentecost was foretold hundreds of years before it happened. And when it did, it showed that God is the truth. But Pentecost is not just about keeping promises of old. Pentecost also speaks new truth into the world. God did something so dramatic, it taught us important truths about his plans and purposes. I like this picture. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit didn't just come on one or two individuals. It didn't just come upon the elite, the priests and the kings. It came out on all people. What was it that Joel had said? In the last days, God will pour out his spirit on his people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. On my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. And they will prophesy. You see, in the age of the Holy Spirit, there's no room for racism or sexism or ageism or elitism or any other type of ism that you can think of. Pentecost is the great equaliser, the great transformer. It shows that all of God's people are equal in his sight. He pours out his Holy Spirit on them all without measure. It's interesting that in the 20th century, there was the great Pentecostal movement. And it started in a little meeting house in Los Angeles, a place called Azusa Street. And there, there was this African-American pastor. His name was William Seymour. And the great Pentecostal movement broke out when he preached a sermon with one line at its heart. He said this, the color line was washed away in the blood of Jesus. And he was speaking into the civil rights movement and all of that that was going on. But this is the truth of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit comes into us all. It is the same Spirit living inside of us. So that means that we are family with people from every race and background and age and class. We are all equal children in God's people. So Pentecost taught something important. It taught a new truth into the world. God's kingdom is for everyone and all are welcomed into it. But Pentecost also taught an even more important truth than that. When Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and he went out to speak to the crowd on the day of Pentecost, what was his sermon about? 
his sermon was all about Jesus. The life that Jesus lived, the death that Jesus died, the resurrection of Jesus. Peter was convinced that the events of Pentecost were the proof that Jesus is Lord. He'd risen, he was now on the throne reigning, and he poured out his Holy Spirit just as he had promised to do. The Holy Spirit to Peter was the proof. And that is why his message was clear. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the one we were waiting for. There is no one else. This was the truth that the world needed to hear. And it's the same truth that the world needs to hear today. So Pentecost showed that God speaks the truth because it fulfilled years of prophecies. And Pentecost also spoke an important truth into the world. It taught us again exactly who Jesus is. But Pentecost also created speakers of the truth or prophets. Picture again the scene. The streets are swarming with Jewish pilgrims. It's a great opportunity to witness for Jesus. And the Holy Spirit falls on them gathered in that room. And what happens? They can speak in the languages so that everybody can understand. And then they go out into the streets and they speak to the crowds. I always think of Peter. I mean, literally just a month or so before this. He had denied even knowing Jesus. Three times by the fire that night that Jesus was arrested. He said, I don't know this man. I don't know. He even called down like curses upon himself. I don't know this man. He was terrified to be associated with Jesus. And here, on the day of Pentecost, in the heart of the city, he stands up and he announces who Jesus is. Lord and Messiah, what courage, what conviction, what eloquence for a fisherman. It was the Holy Spirit that enabled Peter to speak like that. Nothing else could have done that. The Holy Spirit enabled him to speak to the crowds and teach them the truth that they needed to hear. Not an easy truth. It's not easy to stand up and announce that Jesus is Lord in the capital city of the Jews run by the Romans. But in the power of the Holy Spirit, Peter stood up and spoke the truth. Still today, the Holy Spirit comes into the church, comes into the lives of believers to enable us to be the witnesses for Jesus in the world. All of us in this room would say we struggle to find the words at times. We don't know what to say. We don't know how to speak to our family or our friends or our neighbours. But if we trust in the Holy Spirit, if we invite God's Spirit into our life, he will raise up opportunities and he will give us the words to say. If we step out in faith to speak the truth, the Holy Spirit will do the rest. So Pentecost, God kept his promises, God spoke truth into the world, and he empowered others to go 
and speak the truth that the world needed to hear. So that just leaves us one final thing to think about. In a world that is desperate for the truth, in a world full of lies and fake news, in a world where churches are decreasing in number and people are losing confidence, how much more do we need the Spirit again today? Now, of course, we cannot manufacture another Pentecost. It's God who's in control. He's the one that pours out his Spirit But we can prepare ourselves and we can open our hearts to what God might want to do. And I think there are four hints, just very briefly in this passage, that help us to think, well, how can I invite God into my life? The first is repentance. After Peter's sermon and the crowd hear that Jesus is Lord, they turn to Peter and say, what shall we do? And Peter's first line is that they must repent and be baptised. Turn from your sin. Identify with Jesus and God will pour his spirit out on you. In the United Kingdom, Pentecost is called Whit Sunday. Did you know that's called Whit Sunday? And it comes from the old English White Sunday. And that is because on Pentecost, the church used to have a lot of baptisms. And when the candidates came out of the water, they dressed in white, a symbolising of their sins being washed away. If we want to know God powerfully at work in our lives, we've got to be quick to repent of sin and step out to follow him through the waters of baptism, if we haven't done it before. The second step I think this passage shows us about receiving the Spirit is the importance of obedience. We cannot expect to be on fire with God's Spirit if we are being deliberately disobedient to what God wants of us. The disciples had done exactly what Jesus had asked them to do, hadn't they? What is it he told them? Wait until the gift my Father has promised comes on you. For ten days they waited in the upper room in Jerusalem and then the Spirit came. If we want to know God at work in our lives, we need to think about, are we trying to follow him? Are we trying to do what God wants of us? Is there a particular thing we're hesitating on or refusing to do? Maybe there's just an area where we know we need to be obedient. And that obedience might unlock the door for a powerful ministry to come. The third little hint I think we see in this passage is unity. When those believers were gathered in that upper room, it tells us that they were praying of one accord, one purpose, one mind, devoting themselves to the Lord. When the Spirit came, they were all together. A church that is going to powerfully speak God's truth into its community will be a united church. A church united to the Lord and united to each other. It's difficult to remain united at times. Sometimes we have to say sorry. Sometimes we have to help build bridges again. But if there is unity in the heart of God's people, the Spirit will move in power. And finally, it goes without saying, and Tom reminded us this a couple of weeks ago, 
If we want to be used by God to speak his truth into the world, if we want the Holy Spirit to move amongst us, we need to be people of prayer. It is not a coincidence that those disciples were praying when the Holy Spirit came. If you go another chapter later in Acts, you find them again. After an experience of difficulty and persecution in the city, they gather to pray in Acts chapter 4 and the Spirit is poured out on them again and makes them bold to be speakers of truth into the city. It's not us that converts people. It is the Lord. And we should be praying, praying for our neighbourhood, praying for our community, praying for the Spirit to move. I think Pentecost is a really encouraging day. It reminds us that God is truth. When he makes a promise, he always keeps it. We can trust our lives on him. Pentecost speaks truth to us. It tells us that all people are equal in God's sight. And Jesus is Lord. And Pentecost empowers us all. Even the shyest. Even those who think themselves unable to speak. To go and speak his truth to the world. To neighbours, friends, family, colleagues. We all can speak of Jesus when the Holy Spirit is at work within us.